I know things you never see. You never see someone taking a shit while running at full speed. Come on, Key, get rid of some of them turds in the shit box. Welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast with me, Rab himself. All right, so welcome everybody to the Bathroom Break Podcast with me, your host, Rab himself. Uh, we got an exciting episode for you today. One of my really, really good friends, Kirk Gardner, is on the episode. Uh, Kirk is also known as Colt Darling. So if you want to check out this episode, watch us on YouTube at Rab Himself Videos or SoundCloud at Bathroom Break Podcast. We're on social media on Twitter at Chris Rab, on Instagram at Rab underscore himself, and also on Instagram at Bathroom Break Podcast. Um, yeah, we've got a, a really fun episode today planned. Um, it's planned. It may not be good, but it's planned that way. So, um, so I wanted to welcome uh, Colt Darling, a.k.a. Kirk Gardner, a.k.a. Colt Darling, a.k.a. Kirk Gardner to the show. Ludy Duke. How you doing, Buttercup? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, darling. How you doing? Hello, darling. It's been a long time. How's your new love? <laughs> Dude, that's something like I, we always call each other, and, and every time, like even if we talked ten minutes ago, it's that's what comes up. Hello, darling. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Conway Twitty. Yeah, it's hilarious because. Um, in my phone, it's Kurt Gardner, but for some reason, when it comes up on the car phone, it just says Colt Darling. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's so, the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> there are many people in this world that think Colt Darling should never resurface, but you and I keep the... Uh, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. Keep that alive. And by many people, you mean your wife, right? <laughs> she's one. She doesn't one like... people. Yeah. She's not a fan, and I don't blame her because Colt Darling is a creeper. It's like this... This mustachio gentleman. It's a beautiful mustache. I mean, though. look, I fell in love the moment I gazed into his <laughs> eyes, but I'm just saying, you and know, I can voice. see why a woman might be uh, a little nervous by a creepy dude like that. A little taken aback by his charm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, say. yeah, yeah. You know, he does yeah. have a certain. Uh, <laughs> that must be it. Say quoi, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> brings about certain things and ladies they're not used to feeling the way they feel when they encounter cold darling and it brings up these emotions in them that they're not too comfortable with they all these tingles that they ain't, ain't ready for right right it's super <laughs> they're like what is this so so give us an idea of how the cold darling character came about well i was going through a horrible divorce and i was working at starbucks and uh i needed a halloween costume so I had that wicked beard for a while and I was like, screw it, dude, I'm just going to shave off my beard and keep this mustache. And I have this mm -hmm. Auburn beauty of a mustache that I can grow <laughs> where I can twist the ends out and like be totally, and this is way before hipster town. Yeah. Like oh, this yeah, is yeah. like way before anyone really, like, I'm not saying I pioneered it. Other people had mustaches. Yeah. My but, dad's had one since 1960. Correct. And it was it's a <laughs> glorious one as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> but you came over to see me and I put like the, the garters on my arms and I was like, I'm an old timey bartender. Cause I was a barista at yeah. Starbucks. And I was like, and I named myself Colt and I was like, and you and I were just talking outside, like on my break or whatever. And I was like, yeah, my name's Colt. Cause you were like, I can't get over that mustache. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it that was glorious. <laughs> like that's the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And then, uh, I was like, yeah, my name's Colt. And you went, Cold darling. And I was like, That's it. Yeah, somehow that last name it just rang true with Colt. The gods sent it down to yeah. you. And it just came out of your mouth. And then 
we were uh and then we just kept going with it and i was like yeah and i'm a like i'm a I, did we start with the rock star thing yeah, like I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I think like uh, there was jokes of like, obviously the mustache sort of looked porn star-ish. Right. Sort of like yeah. rock star, sort of country star, sort of. Country star, but then you were like Christian rock star or ex-porn star turned Christian rock yeah, star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what the final finale of him was. And then we made that, like we started writing songs for him. Like we would just Instantly. go. <laughs> immediately. Right. Yeah. Like, and then, um, but none of the songs were Christian rock whatsoever. What do you mean? Like the one uh, kitchen sink wasn't wasn't really Christian? No. When you talk about your mother leaving her cunt rag in the kitchen sink again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, none of that, none of the songs, and that not was very heavenly. No, that was that was the other beautiful part of it was that it's just nothing made sense whatsoever. Yeah. And then the I'm going through my closets and stuff looking because I used to keep that bag of wardrobe stuff like I'd cut off jean shorts. Oh and stuff yeah, yeah. For yeah. whenever we were filming stuff. <laughs> Some nice nut huggers. That yeah. You had to throw on there. where the pockets would come yeah. out the bottom. Like that's how great they were. <laughs> like just any shirt or anything we were about to throw out, I just kept. Like I have so many button up shirts. This looks like Colt Darling would wear. <laughs> this let's, yeah. let's hang on to that <laughs> and then i found that uh that american flag shirt in my dad's it's from like 1972 oh, yeah. like, he like wore it to Woodstock i mean and that's when i feel like even though you had the mustache colt was there darling came into the picture when he was really born and it really happened was when that shirt yeah was put on that, shirt. that american flag shirt is like man this guy just is Colt Darling. It was glorious. That was a really <laughs> yeah. good time. That yeah, was a yeah. lot of fun. Like a and it lot was. of fun. And I feel like we we talked in that like hillbilly accent. It for, got like, everybody two years because of it. And we know? still do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean we do now, but I mean like we like didn't break that accent for like two Never. years. And it's just yeah. you can't even explain where it comes from. It's just yeah. like some You get on the phone with like any friend and they're like, Why are we talking like hillbillies? <laughs> like, I don't even know. And even know? Mitchell said he's like, I yeah. can't stop doing the Colt Darling yeah. voice. Yeah, like yeah. It, just, it just is contagious like everybody does it. It, it it really is it just pulls you in yeah you know? it just takes smooth. you long for that ride you know mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. and then not, <laughs> not a care in the world you know so uh so what, one of the first tracks that you laid down was uh was buttered thumbs mm-hmm. and uh wh- wait where did that come from i think originally you originally brandon yeah yeah brandon was like it, was it Brandon DiCamillo? Brandon DiCamillo did. Yeah. It, was it on Viva La Bam? No, no, it was on Hot Dog Casserole. Hot Dog Casserole, and well, he we was were, like, we were "Ooh, I'm gonna sweep these skits," and yeah, and he just comes in and pulls that out. And I remember you and me and Marcus looking at each other like, "What?" Did he say buttered thumb? <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna like hit <laughs> yeah. you with my buttered thumb or something yeah, like yeah, that." Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> You're like, what, what the, the fuck is that? I mean, that's another gem out of Brandon DiCamillo's mind is, is that guy's just the most hilarious person and his brain works differently than everybody's. Anybody I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's just coming up with stuff like that and you're like, what the hell's a buttered thumb? And f- we got on it. We were laughing about that. And then we were recording over at uh dude's house and, and, yeah. uh, and, um, you were just like, all right, you would always give me a premise. Then we would like let Dan just play music and I yeah. just came up with words. Yeah. And he would just play this thing and I was just like, you know, 
I was just like, I'm gonna butter my thumb. <laughs> it's like, wow, wow, this funky, like, gonna little butter my track. Thumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna butter my thumb <laughs> and the other one. And that <laughs> one, we didn't write any of those lyrics down. I just did it. Yeah, it, it was just totally made off the cuff. Sense. We recorded it, and that was it. Yeah, it's like, you get the butter out of the fridge and let it get salt. Let like, it. I'm like, where the hell's he going with this? <laughs> yeah. But it's just hilarious. I mean, it's so funny, like, that Brandon's the type of guy that'll say one line like that. And then we just had fun with that forever, yeah. you know. Like, say, you know, he'll he, like he has like instantly quotable stuff. Yeah. And you walk away from that, and it's just like I remember, and literally to this day, Marcus, who is the camera guy and and one of the producers for the hot dog casserole stuff. Um, I mean, he edited. He was a one man band, but um, but to this day, we send each other messages, and it's like, all right, butter thumbs. And or buttered doves, buttered doves, which to me was funny because that came from you. Yeah, in the middle of that hillbilly skit, yeah. we're doing this skit, and you just like I you, forgot you about just that. like I, I we were saying buttered thumbs so much at that time, and we're you're doing that hillbilly thing, and then you're like one of Brandon's lackeys, like on the bank. I totally forgot while we're fishing, and, just and you're that. like, hey, hey. we're like buttered doves, and we're like, <laughs> what? Some doves, and then, like, and then that became a thing, and then it's yeah. like these like dripping wet doves covered in butter, yeah. and I don't know why. It's I mean such an inside joke, but but that's another thing that we do the sign off, Marcus and I, every time we talk. Butter, butter doves, butter doves, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I forgot about the hillbilly skit. Yeah, so so it's so funny because yeah, we'll have to we'll put up the hillbilly skit yeah. on. Uh, on the YouTube page just to kind of, you know, the, those days were just funny because we were, you know, it was after, after Viva La Bam and, and uh, I was trying to sort out what the heck I was going to do and, and just wanting to get creative and film some more skits because back in the CKY days, that's how it all started was just filming these little skits and then obviously, you know, Bam skateboarding and, and, and all that was a big part of, of why there was a camera around. but. Um, jumping off the roof and, and people were doing that crazy stuff too but the little skits were like an awesome outlet as well and, and kind of lost that um, as Jackass and Viva La Bam were happening it just became all about like stunts and pranks and this and, and yeah. you lost the skit part of it and so I just really had this like dying need to do little skits and, and for better or worse or whatever, I remember when I did them, people go, Rat, why are you doing these skits? Like, just shit on something. And you're like, ah, fuck, man, I kind of want to do these skits. That just even if they're stupid, they're fun to do. And um, and so those like days when we were just shooting the hot dog stuff, it was just funny, man. It was just, it's a, you know, a contagious kind of thing of just, a lot of laughter and just nonsense and everybody just putting their two cents in about what they thought was funny and and just a lot of riffing you know like a lot of like improv sort of stuff happening like yeah. where buttered doves comes about brandon saying buttered thumbs which led to those things and and uh and then each person is just like like blowing each other away with the funny shit they're coming up with and and i think what's so cool is like you put like a bin of costumes out and all of a sudden there's this new character that Kirk's, you know, that you got going on with the hillbilly and then there's something that Gabe's doing with the male model thing and yeah. then there's this, you know, and it's like, it just becomes fun, like, just just so fun to like, you know, literally you have like 20 bucks worth of, you know, goodwill stuff in a bin and, yeah. and you're like, damn, let's have fun yeah. with that. And you're with a bunch of people that are like like-minded and you don't, and 
some of them we had rough outlines for, and other ones were like, let's just shoot that. Yeah, let's what, just start just going. Shoot what you said. You put the, that outfit on, all of a sudden you're that guy. Now let's make that. Right. And it know? didn't matter. And, yeah. it, and there's tons of stuff that's just never, you know what I mean? Yeah. We never did anything with it. But yeah. like, the laughter, like the true, like deep soul laughter that we would have while doing that, and, and the fun you have, I mean, it was fun for us. I guess like that's not a lot of maybe some people don't think that's fun but i'm like that yeah. was some of the most fun we've ever had is like filming that stuff with your friends just being a complete moron like just acting like the fool all over everything and it was not a lot of people get to say that they can do shit like that and they, they've done shit like that and we we've done it a bunch of times and we still like just bullshit and laugh about yeah like that stuff and and cold darling was just like i mean we recorded like an LP, like yeah. we, we took well, it. Well, full EP. There's there's four four songs that are good. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's uh, you know, I guess speculative. Like, you know, it's up to you, your its opinion if you think it's good. <laughs> I think it's incredible. <laughs> but uh, but there's four songs. I'll put them up on on YouTube as well. I have buttered thumbs up. And there I now. have at Cold Darling on Twitter. Yeah. And if I get enough followers, I'll start tweeting again. I yeah, 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 yeah. There's only I think it. like four. Get the band back together, Dude, man. Let's do it. Pull but it in. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's funny because th that band like led to some of the most fun times too. Like sitting in that, you know, in uh, our buddy's like basement and doing those songs and just. And being like, damn, okay, we need to do one about ladies from the 80s. And then that becomes a thing. And then it's like, well, what about this kind of thing? And then sometimes you just push the button and start talking, and then it turns into a song like yeah. Downtown Julie Downtown Brown. Julie Brown. Just, just like, we're just farting around, and then it just becomes that. But uh, but that Colt Darling uh, character is so was so fun. You know, mustachio dude with this American flag thing and... Uh, and, uh, and that brings up uh, the sponsors for the Bathroom Break podcast. Our first sponsor is the Mustache Shield. This 1876 Mustache Shield was patented by Virgil A. Gates. The invention was designed to keep facial hair out of the way when eating and drinking. And uh, it's a perfect sponsor for the Colt Darling episode. You'll have to get a look at this picture, but it's uh, just this, you know, random like thing that loops over your ears and covers your mustache while you're eating um i know since you've had a mustache that has got to be like it's like a perfect thing like how weird is it because i have you know, have a beard now and how weird is it when you just try and take a sip out of a glass of water it just pours all that yeah, out you got, yeah you there's got always a, a piece of a burger in there and it's just par for the course part of the territory but mr gates here decided nah not for me i'm gonna make this mustache and facial hair shield that wraps around uh -oh. your ears yeah, yeah. I, I ain't having it nope. and the thing is is like they did invent scissors they had scissors before this was invented so you could trim around your mouth as to not but if you wanted a true manly mustache of the times it had to curl into your like upper oh, yeah. lip and you had to be able to use your bottom mm. lip to uh you know caress yeah and there's the always got to be like a nice yellow tint along the Absolutely. mouth line yeah of, like oh this boy's had a mustache for a while for now. quite some time and clearly he doesn't have a mustache shield no 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 and i don't think <laughs> it would come in handy smoking uh back in the day like either pipe smoking or tobacco you know oh, any yeah. type of tobacco oh, how weird would you look if you had that thing on though <laughs> you know you just come in like you're in some fancy restaurant like oh man who brought this guy yeah and you're like hold on 
I wonder if they had sponsors on. on it. Yeah. You know, it was like brought to you by HR Joffin stuff. <laughs> like, you know, like, a way to keep the hair out of your food. <laughs> That's right. No more risky hairs getting into your champagne glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please enjoy Mr. Gates's new hair protector. <laughs> Protect yourself with Mr. Gates' yeah. mustache shield. We also have snake oil that for everything that <laughs> is. You know. Yeah, of course, because who the hell else would be selling a mustache shield Absolutely. with some snake oil sales? It's that guy that's just carting <laughs> that shit. I have the thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's garlic and olive oil. Uh, the Italians made it. Yeah. <laughs> Our uh, Bathroom Break podcast is also brought to you by the Revolver Camera. This Colt 38 small camera automatically takes a picture when you pull the trigger. And I thought, you know what? A Colt 38 is probably pretty perfect for the Colt Darling episode as well. And thanks to our sponsor, the Revolver Camera, it's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. It looks like a legit gun. Yeah. Pointed at your face, mm -hmm. like I think as kids you're taught, like don't point the Ever. gun at someone's face. But no. that's what I'm trying to do to get the picture. Correct. And uh, apparently that's supposed to be comforting. How are you supposed to shoot while a you're picture. modeling off your your mustache shield? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get shot in the face mm -hmm. with my nice Colt camera. <laughs> yeah, it just shoots you right in the face here. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So obviously we, we talked a little bit about how the Colt Darling character came about, but I wanted to talk a little bit about how we met. Um, I mean, we met a little bit prior to the Viva La Bam days. Yes. But uh, but mainly, you know, like we had met through a friend of ours. You uh, want me to tell the story of as yeah. Maya Court? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gabe, Gabe and I have known each other since we were like 13, 14. We worked together down the shore. And then... Um, and Gabe is the guy that, um, that I wrote Borrowed Happiness with. Yes. Yeah. And Gabe was like, hey, I just started working production. I've been working production in Philadelphia for like a year. And um, Philadelphia is a small production like yeah. community, right? So I was working for this one production house and then I just started doing freelance and Gabe was like, hey man, uh, come up visit me at Chippensburg and by the way, my roommate, this guy I've become really good friends with is this dude, Chris Rab. And I'm like, oh, Rab, why do I know? He's like Rab himself from the thing. I was like, oh yeah, that dude's fucking hilarious. I love that guy. Yeah. Like, like, all right. And I was like, all right, we'll come up. And then we hung out when you guys had that apartment near the football fields. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah. Right? And that was just... I, I think I got gangrene from wrestling somebody on the wet carpet. <laughs> yeah, like sounds like part of the And you court. guys, like, poured uh, A1 sauce and a pair of tidy whities and let it harden so it looked like shit in underwear. And then, like, <laughs> when the only girls that were, like, halfway good-looking came over, you threw it into the ceiling fan, and it hit this one girl right in the face. <laughs> and she freaked out and left. And I was like, there goes the only good-looking girls at Chippensburg. Yeah. Like, uh, fuck them. Like, Whatever. We we're ready yeah. to drink. Yeah. yeah. And then we just like would get shit house drunk. Uh, from what I recall, we had a great weekend. That was a fantastic time. Mm -hmm. And I gave you a ride home. I gave you a ride back from Shippensburg because you had to start, I think it was a Turbo Negro episode okay. of Viva La Bam. Yeah. And you were like, and we had just met, just hung out that time. It was like, you know, you were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, hey, dude, nice to meet you type of thing. But you're like, oh, I'll get a, I'll get a ride with you. And then... I dropped you off at Ape and Phil's house, and I on the ride back, I was like, yeah, dude, I work production. Like, just let them know if they need anything. You were like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And I was like, he's not saying anything to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you were just, you know, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, because you know that mode of, like, 
for some reason it's like this like private club and and you're like i don't want to promise people that i can right. get things because so many people would say that stuff like dude get me on the show and blah 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 like all these years of jackass with right. people, get me on that show i'm like i'm just trying to get myself on the show i don't yeah. know who the fuck you are you know and <laughs> and uh yeah so i remember you saying that and i'm just kind of yeah sure just blowing it off so i drop you off and you walk up the driveway and now like i know where even phil's house is right yeah, yeah and so i leave i get a call that night from another buddy that's like hey they need people for the show and it was it was viva la bam and they're like can you start tomorrow and i was like i'll be there first thing yeah and then i'm there and i'm standing in the driveway doing whatever like pa stuff and you came walking up and i remember you, this is my recollection of it now it may be different for you but you like look at me and you're like oh hey what's up dude and i'm like yo what's up man and, and then you're like yeah what are you what are you doing here <laughs> yeah i was kind of <laughs> like dude what the fuck are you doing here i didn't get you the job and i go oh i just thought i'd hang out and you were like your face like kind of dropped and yeah. you're like yeah you like yeah i don't think you could do that like that's <laughs> yeah, what you said yeah. to me. you're like it was weird i'm like here's this dude i just kind of partied with on the weekend <laughs> thinking like wait what you can't just do that and i knew in your head you'd be like shit he knows where the house is and now he's standing here yeah oh, what did i do and i was do? like oh man like, this dude a weirdo <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> and then i was just like just kidding dude i got hired like last night and you were like oh cool and then you just walk yeah, back yeah like, yeah yeah like, you're just immediately were like oh cool and then you just like walked up to the <laughs> yeah because i didn't i had no idea and when, but then it was like rad that it was like oh okay well this dude is a buddy of my friend and okay he's on the show now yeah. you know and uh and who knew we would be friends all these years later but, right um but i think you know uh it was funny because that was just the beginning of that crazy ride of viva la bam yeah and uh, and that and that's what's cool is that you came on you know started as like this PA and then get to a point of being the field producer or whatever and and uh, and you're you're like legitimately somehow even though you were drunk you might have been drunker than us but I don't know I mean we were all pretty crazy but um, somehow you were running the ship you know <laughs> like and, while we're out there doing it and I I always have a memory of. You know, we were insane. So we were like literally insane, partying, crazy. And on top of the partying, it was like just adrenaline rush, jumping off houses, you know, flipping four wheelers into cars and whatever was going on. And, um, and it got to a point where it was just party, 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 crazy filming, filming, party, crazy, you know, and, and then I like, I would just not show up to set and stuff at times because, like it would be like, Rab, you, you got to be here at eight a.m. and then I'll sit there till like two in the afternoon, and then they're like, okay, we're ready to film, and I'm like, what? I'm bored. I'm ready to go hunt. Like that. I'm not even in the mode anymore. Like right. it got to a weird point because on the CKY stuff, it was all, we were all a bunch of friends, right? And so we were filming, and it was like, yo, we have a mission. Come over. We're filming something. We're doing that, and you're like, you're amped for it, and then you do it, right? And then. Jackass was similar to that and started to get more pro 
produced a little bit. And then by Viva La Bam, it was so produced that it was like, well, get them all to come over here and sit around. And then when we need Brandon, we'll get Brandon. And when we need Dunn, we'll get Dunn. And then when we need Rab, we'll get him. And it got to a point where it was tough because you're like, yo, I was psyched when I got here. Right. And then y'all killed my buzz. And then I'm just sitting here like, <laughs> with my thumb up my ass, like, what? Uh, we're not going to film with me? Okay. But you can't go anywhere. Cause you know, and so like sitting around doing that. So I got kind of got wise to that and was like, fuck it. I'm not going, right. you know? And then I just like would like get drunk the night before party and be like, ah, I'll go whenever they need me there. And then you got appointed to being the guy to come get me. Yeah. And they're like, all right, Kirk, we need you to go get Rab cause he's not answering and he needs to be here for this thing. And so I'm at my house and you come over, like knock on the door, like, um, and, and you're trying, like, it's funny because like when we party, we party like maniacs. And then when you're at work, you're like trying to be professional yeah. and you're like putting on that, like, I got to be professional yeah. face. Like Mark Hanna does it too, where yeah. like, he's like a roadie dude for the band. And, and, uh, and obviously Hannah's not just roadie. He's in a bunch yeah. of stuff too. Hannah's a staple. One of the most hilarious dudes you'll ever meet in your life. Like Honest l- to God. literally probably one of the funniest people in the world and a and, great laugh yeah yeah and and just a talented dude he's an yeah. awesome drummer and, yeah. he's, and like you know so but he's like that too then like he goes into work mode and you're like oh there's work hannah yeah. and, and you're like and then there's work kirk and then like whoa work kirk um but <laughs> so there's like you know work kirk and he's over here like knocking on the door like hey um uh, yeah mr rab i need you to get to i'm like get the fuck out of here like get in here yeah. you're not going to work we gotta smoke these bongs yep. before we go we gotta go we gotta here let's have a beer and you're like no, no no shit dude we really gotta get over there like we gotta get over there they're telling me like and then they're blowing up your phone like yeah where are you guys what's happening and we're just sitting in there like partying like <laughs> like having beers smoking bongs like yeah yeah, yeah, no, we're not going anywhere just yet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, and I, it became that. I remember like they always set you over because for some reason you could get me over there. You, it might take some manipulation. Brandon, but, yeah, like uh, my saving grace those last few seasons was the fact because we did party so much that I kind of fell out of the graces of like the executives. And, like, oh, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So, but like, because my thing was in the beginning was it was just okay. I worked my ass off and I got promoted and then I got promoted again. And then it got to the point and I'd be like, you know, we all, it was like a family, right? Yeah. And we all partied after we were done shooting and then we wake up the next day and go shoot. But then I got to the point where I was, I could basically drink with you guys on set, yeah. which was bad. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because like I was like getting paid and stuff, and you're like, and I got to this like, yeah, fuck it, I don't care. I'm like, and it was like I was like skating this line between being like a field producer for the show, and then they, but like one of the saving graces was that you, Brandon, Dunn was like on his own thing, and like, um, but you and Brandon in particular would only come to set when I came to get you. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. or if I called you, you would answer the phone. So they were like, well, we fucking need him. <laughs> yeah, because like, they'll, they'll, they'll put somebody else on that job and we just wouldn't answer. You would not, you would never answer it, but you're like me. It. And I specifically remember the day when I came to your house and it was like right right before I started being like, fuck it too. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, Rob, look, they really need you over there. And you were like, all right. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 dude, come on. Like, they need you like now. Like, they have this thing. You were like, Yep. <laughs> and then you're like and you're like you and I'm like, no, 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 I can't, dude. I'm like, we gotta go. And you're yeah, like yeah. Okay. 
And then just slowly putting on a sock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in here. And then before you know it, you're all stoned. Yeah, they're like sitting in there with you, like "Ah." I I totally blew it. They're not. He's not coming. Uh, And (laughs) we'd show up an hour later, and they look at me, and I'd be like, "Got him! I got him!" And they're like, "Are you high?" (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, like to a point where then you you got like I think it was a different job, but you got that nickname Bong Water because you were like that was years before. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like way before. I had long hair down yeah, there. He's that was bong like, water. Yeah, and then I was like, uh, can you just call me BW? Yeah, like, yeah. It's so like, I'm trying to make a good impression on yeah. this director. It's like, shut up, bong water. Yeah, they're like, just shut up, dude. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, a lot of, a lot of awesome uh, memories from the Viva La Bam days. And like, um, Wouldn't I was just thinking. anything. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, like, what are some of the episodes that you remember that were funny? Or does it blur together, like, what it does for me? Like, like you're like, I, I remember, like, Treetop Casino when, when Brandon was being, like, Fast Eddie. Fast Eddie was fantastic. Fast I have Eddie Savage was this dude that was, like, paying people to sniff their underwear around here, like, <laughs> yes. back when we were younger. Remember? Yeah, the, it was all, the like, news. action news yeah, or yeah. something. Like, oh, Fast Eddie Savage, he's Uncle Eddie. Don't let him talk to your uh, to your little kids because he just wants their poop-stained underwear yeah. so he can sniff them. More at 11. Yeah, yeah. And, it's yeah, like, yeah. And, and that's part of the genius of Brandon is he would pull these obscure things out of reality yeah. and come up with this character like oh, I'm Fast Eddie and to, to like us it's even funnier because there was this Fast Eddie guy yeah 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 you know what I mean and meanwhile he's like ah Fast Eddie's casino treetop casino <laughs> yeah let's do it you know yeah, what I yeah. mean and he just <laughs> yeah. like took it to this whole other level and but no like if we we could sit here and talk for four hours about like once you say something it'll remind us of something else in another yeah. story but one of my favorite stories was when you got hypnotized in Vegas that didn't even make it <laughs> Oh, yeah, onto yeah, the yeah. show, but I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> like just from what? From laughing, from laughing so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was standing behind a camera in the um, aisle, right, and like Ape and Phil were sitting right there, and like the rest of the cast is in in the crowd, and I I'm like camera up because I did everything, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So I'm like camera hopping from like the aisle. And you're up on stage with this dude, and he hypnotized you, and you were doing this Elvis thing, like where you're, <laughs> he told dude you. that shit was crazy because I never really believed in in hypnosis, and then but I went up there with the intention of look, I'm gonna do exactly what this guy says. I don't give a shit if I end up naked on the stage because right. who cares? It's gonna be funny. Yeah. So I'm just gonna do exactly what the guy says, and then see where it goes. And I just went up, and then he was like, okay, like take some deep breaths so you start taking all these deep breaths and then you do this and then like you feel like you fell asleep right like i felt like oh i did all these breaths sort of like a meditation thing but then you just felt like i fell asleep and then when i fell asleep i had this dream of elvis and i had this dream of these other things that were going on and then all of a sudden like I almost fell off of the stage at one point. Yeah, you were right at the front. And like I started to, and then I that was when this haze came. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Cuz I like I was like, "Oh my god." And then I saw this whole crowd. And then I was like, "What?" Like and I was like so confused like because I was like asleep. Yeah. In my head. You know, and then all of a sudden there's this whole crowd there and it's like this fuzzy ass, like, you know, like, like it's like your eyes are out of focus and there's like all these people and then people are laughing at me and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and then like, you know, and then like this guy's like, oh, trying to get me and like help me. 
And then I think I kind of went back into more of a hypnosis because he did some shit. Yeah. And then I'm back in that. And then I like woke up. And all I remember is like coming off the stage and it's like dark in this little area of the stage. And we all surrounded. Everybody was right there, like, yeah. yo, dude, dude, dude. So I was like, what? Yeah. The hell? You, you literally looked like you looked like you just woke up. Yeah. And I was like, because I went over to him, like, dude, what do you, like, do you, what do you remember? Like, what? Yeah. Like, what? And you were like, I, I don't really know. You were like, it's, I'm like, do you remember doing this? And you were like, it's kind of coming back to me. Yeah. You know what it I mean? It was this like, weird, like, dreamlike state where right. I, like, like, when you first wake up and you're trying to remember what your dreams were. Right. Like, it was like that. And then everybody told me everything that I did. Yeah. So then I started to try to piece it back together, like, as if I remembered. But I didn't remember anything. And then I watched the tape of it. And then that solidified, oh, okay, now I get that. But it was weird because it was like watching a tape of your dreams. Right. You and, know, and, and it was like, it was like, yeah. I was on the floor. <laughs> I may have been dehydrated. I may have drank too much. Yeah. 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 The yeah, night yeah. Before, whatever. And I was close to death, but I yeah. was on the floor holding my sides to the point where I like, I couldn't, I couldn't film anymore. Yeah. And I couldn't move. And I'm yeah. like, thank God this was a static shot. Like it was just like a wide, like static shot of the thing. And I was on the floor and Troy like comes over and looks at me and I'm like, I, I can't. And he was <laughs> laughing too. But I was like, I I was like, dude, I, I can't. I was like, I can't. I can't yeah, yeah, move. Yeah. Like, I can't move. <laughs> when you you snatched the microphone out of that kid's hand, because you he made you fight the other Elvis over who was the real Elvis. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you were like, hey, what kind of car do I drive? And he said, like, a 67. You were like, it's a 57 yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, remember yeah. exactly yeah. what you said, but I was like, oh, my God. Because watching you... <laughs> go through all that and you had this like swagger about you the yeah, whole like, time so i i watched the video and it's like so confident that i'm elvis you that were ridiculous 100%. and i get off and you know you know like i get off the stage and you know like phil margera bam's dad is, Huge is like fan. the biggest elvis fan there is we grew up with that right from when i was seven years old i had elvis around me all the time because phil was the biggest that's fan what was. you tapped into yeah there yeah. and like i knew everything because i watched all the movies like we sit with phil and watch these movies i hear all the the records all these things and when i get off he's like rabbit where did you get that Elvis voice? And I'm like, I don't know, Phil. I think because of all the stuff that I watched with you. And he's like, oh my God, it sounded like Elvis. And I was like, and he was all like excited that he was yeah, that, at like the next Elvis concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaking his head. But it was funny to, yeah. to, to uh, kind of experience that. that that's hilarious. That yeah, that's, what that's one of my, that, that's yeah. one of, I mean, besides the after show antics and traveling, like, I mean, that was a trip to Vegas. I mean, Brazil. Yeah. crazy like mexico oh yeah nuts yeah. like that mexico town was like the middle of nowhere it was just like school buses where the people's houses it was like insane. that was like one of our contacts like down there that was his parents like yeah like, like little ranchero man and we went out there and it was like <laughs> uh and we had that's when we invited the dudesons the dudesons invited themselves to vegas Oh, yeah, yeah, They just yeah. showed up at Vegas, and then yeah. we invited them. They to knew something was going down. Yeah. Those dudes are hilarious, they too. Are. The Dudesons are fucking insane, yeah. man. Yeah, and uh, even still, like... I made it into like their credits. Yuka and, and those dudes. Yarpe. And, yeah. Yuka and, and Yarpe. Yarno. Yeah. Yarno. They, they, uh, they just do insane stuff, yeah. you know? He picked up a desert toothbrush <laughs> and started brushing his teeth with it. Like, in the <laughs> middle of a Mexican desert, we found a toothbrush, and he picked it up. And I, I, I couldn't. I was like... God no. Then he sat on the fire ant like yeah. thing and but um 
just all that just all that stuff like like everything just tied together the whole experience of that entire show was just you know insane and in mexico's when dunn gave me my first shitler <laughs> what was that? so explain the shitler so i'm just standing there <laughs> bam had just almost knocked ape out with a tuna or something like that he like threw it at her and the spine was so heavy on this fish that it almost knocked her out so we everyone's like oh stop production stop production yeah so we're just standing around and the next thing i know and i had a beard at the time i had like a full beard next thing i know i just feel this finger swipe underneath my nose (laughs) on my mustache and i was like what the hell (laughs) and i'm like i immediately start throwing because it just smells like poop right and i turn around and i see ryan's there like, he's just grinning he just, at you <laughs> like and laughing. the sickest thing about him is like he wouldn't shower for like 10 days no. so it smelled way worse than anything and it's not he didn't have to put his finger in his butthole he would just swipe the credit card in there and then put it right oh under your nose God, so i'm ew. like i i start throwing up and i run <laughs> yeah. down to the water and i start uh. puking into the water and he comes down and he's like oh man and i'm washing my face off in the, in the <laughs> and i'm just trying to get rid of it trying to get rid of it and he comes around and i turned around and decked him like i yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like just, i just decked him because i was like dude this deserves a punch yeah you're getting hit and yeah. i didn't care about bruises or anything filming i didn't give yeah, a shit yeah, yeah. i was like no and then he was like, all right, well played. Well, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then we went up and got a shot of tequila from the bartender. Right, just was to try like, to wash the shit off oh, your face. It was the worst. It was one of the worst <laughs> things that's ever happened to me. But then again, to me, that was also when I was like, all right, I'm accepted. Even yeah, though it's oh, been yeah. four years yeah, that I'm working with brought, it. You're in but I was like, all right, I'm in. I well, got well, what's funny about that, like the, the shit thing with him putting the shitler on you, like it reminds me of how like he – would go to the bathroom just to wipe. Yep. And he like called you over. Yep. And <laughs> that was at the house. We're we're filming in the basement of the new house, so it's like third season, whatever. They all blend together when you do it straight through. And we had that castle bam or whatever. And we're filming and everything and he's all of a sudden he's just like, Kirk, come here. Come here. <laughs> and I'm like, what, dude? He's like, go in there. And I'm like, go in where? And he's pointing to like the powder room downstairs. I'm like, no. He's like, come on. It's not. Just go in there. And I walk in and it smells like the worst shit someone has ever taken ever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my like God. Like sweat and yeah. shit. And- oh, it smells awful. Ugh. Like awful. Like, like. Like, but worse than poop. It is. It's like yeah. someone died. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's what comes out of you when you die. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever's left yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, what came yeah. out and i was like this is like this is inhuman i'm like where did you hide the raccoon that did this you know what i mean and he's looking and he's doing this smile laughing again i'm like dude and he and he looks at me and he goes that's only from wiping <laughs> Sick, and i was dude. like what he goes i didn't even shit i just wiped and that's what it did to that thing i was like oh my that's god so fucking disgusting which reminds me of the other story of ryan while we're on it is when before that when we were at the first house in uh glenn mills or whatever and um near brinton lake and yeah and the, you guys like lived in the basement for a while like, yeah yeah and i had to go down and wake him up one time and like this is before i would go out with you guys like i'd go out with the production but i wouldn't you know and i come down i'm like ryan yo we're here we're filming and he like just like he wakes up and he goes oh no i'm like what <laughs> dude he goes i did it again and i'm like what did you do and he holds up three empty wawa cups of uh cheese and pepperoni 
Uh. He would get those cheese and pepperoni Wawa cups and eat the whole thing. And he ate three of them. Oh, sick. And he was like, um, I'm gonna shit so bad. <laughs> like he was just like, this, my stomach is gonna hurt so bad. And, I was just, and it re like as soon as he moved the the blanket, oh, it just smelled like ass and sick. fucking cheddar. Yeah, it was and just then like Parliament cigarettes. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was just you know, I mean, in, in succession, it would be the the pepperoni thing first, then the wipe in the bathroom, and then he gave me the shitler at the in Mexico. Yeah, you know, and you know what's so funny? I think like just like when I think of Rye. Like, like, well, I mean, I think of them all the time about funny, random stuff, but like, but whenever I have, like, whenever it's like a swamp ass kind of day and you're just out and it's humid and your butt's sweating and stuff, and then you just have to go to the bathroom just to wipe. Yeah. Like, I'm always just thinking of Rye. Every time. You're like, man, you fucking asshole. That's a, <laughs> you know? And that, that's a hell of a thing to remember somebody by. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, man, uh, yeah. yeah. When I think of you, I just, um, I think of, like, wiping the shit out of my ass. Yeah. The, the, the partial shit and and sweat combination yeah. that's in my ass on a hot day. That's that's what I think I of I think you. of you. I wrote a joke <laughs> around it. Yeah, it didn't how, go over well. That's how I love that dude so much because of that, you know. Like, I would always talk about that, like, when... When he when he died, like um, you know, it, it was obviously soul crushing. You and I were together when that when we got that news, and um, just the fucking worst day of our lives. It was a half but, mile from the house, not even. Yeah, and uh, I mean, awful. I don't want to go so dark on it, but it was just, no, it's horrible. I I feel like three months of my life I don't remember. They were a blur. Yeah, and I was sober. Yeah, at the time, but I I just couldn't like function. Um, but. Uh, you know, when I, I think back, I, I, I laugh um, about him, but I, but people would be like, oh, like, he was the kindest, sweetest guy. I'm, Bullshit, that guy was an asshole. That guy was a total dick, and that's why I fucking loved him. Right. Because everybody can be, like, polite when they need to be and all this. And, and, and trust me, he had a huge heart. He, he was, did. He was, it was an incredible person. But... More than that, he's a sarcastic dick. He'd rub shit on your face. He, you know, he'd do those things, and you're like, "That's why I love this dude. Yeah. That's why because he's like the same way that I am. Like, doesn't get offended by anything, and it's just like, oh yeah, you got me. Good, that was a good one. You know, and yeah. then like, and just so quick witted and and uh, and hilarious. And so that was my always my thing. I was like. He was an asshole, but he was my asshole, right. you know, like, and he, and he was your asshole, and he was all the people, all the friends, and, and all the fans, and all the people that loved that dude, like, he was, like, what represented that, and, and I, and so for me, it was like, when you say he's this, like, he's like, oh, this is really sweet-hearted, good guy, it's like, yeah, but that's one little tiny sliver of him, um, he's just, is like, this awesome human on all levels, and, and, uh, and he's it's funny, so yeah. sweet and nice because he said hi to you, took a picture with you, and signed your thing. Yeah, and, and he does like, oh, that. Like, nice, and it's like, yeah, he is. When and you he'd fucking him. buy you lunch, or he'd do something, right. and he'd like pick you up and randomly do stuff, or he'd just care about what's going on with right. you. Right, and he, that's like rad. genuinely, yeah, you know, and and I mean, he'd pull up to your car with Oingo Boingo right. playing on the radio, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, what the fuck music is this? Yeah, dude and then he'd do a burnout, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, get <laughs> you covered in rubber. Yeah, yeah, not meanwhile be. 
like, uh, and you're like, you're hitting me with rocks from the street right now. And yeah. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Then he's just driving off like, yeah. it's a dead man party. <laughs> Who could ask for more? You're like, why? Why does he listen to that song? Why but not? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, no, some some really really incredible memories from the Viva La Bam days. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and 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 that kind of solidified our friendship to just go on for years and years and and uh to a point where i mean shit i was the i was the minister at your your wedding we made you an internet minister mm-hmm. number one internet number minister. one internet minister <laughs> i know you get you and kelly your wife gave me this picture that says that around the frame <laughs> number one internet minister and i'm like i cherish that thing man we got it sitting in our in our living room now and it's, it's hilarious i feel bad because of how many you've done after i know you, you kicked it off and like <laughs> and then now it's like i'm like oh man these people really like me like no it's free but that's why they want you to be there. You got to start charging. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to charge. Yeah, so no, it was funny though, but to be like a, a wedding minister, I think that was probably the last thing I thought I'd ever be. Well, and we really wanted you to like be a part of it. Like I yeah. definitely wanted you to be a part of it and I was running out of like groomsmen and like yeah. all that and then and it was Kelly's idea. She's like, why doesn't Rev just marry her? Well, it was funny because no, you guys called me up when you proposed to her. Yeah. And she was on the line like, Rab, hey, Rabby, hey, <laughs> Kirk just asked me to marry him, but I told him the only way that I'll marry him is if the, if you are the minister and perform the wedding. And I'm like, well, shit, that's a lot of pressure. I, I got to get her to say yes. Yeah. You know? and I, it was and like it was, four minutes after. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. First it was literally was like, yeah, yeah, it was probably after you wiped the tears of joy away, you yeah. call up and they're like, she still hasn't said yes. Yeah, putting you on the spot, <laughs> yeah. buddy. I mean, I really need you to pull through. Yeah, come on, on buddy. Come on, buddy. What are you She's doing? She's a keeper. I yeah, to and this. I didn't realize like the depths that you'd have to go to be to become a minister. And it really is just like it's so difficult to basically go to the website, put your name in, <laughs> and put your credit card information in, and then voila, you're a minister. That's and it. Minister Rabbi was born. There he <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, and so, it was, and he did an amazing job. And well, it and it's awesome. fun, and I I think what's cool about it is I have done um, four of them now for friends, and and uh, and it's so easy when it's your friend because you're like, dude, I got a lot of funny stories with yeah. these two, and uh, and, and it, it just makes sense that you know, because you sometimes you go to a, a a wedding and it's like some priest like ah. Uh, and then Kyle, wait, is it Kyle? Oh, yeah. Kevin? Kevin, take, do you take Julie as your, you know? And my, It's my understanding that love Kevin love. loves basketball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't? Oh. Football. Foot. One of those Soccer? sports. Soccer. The guy likes sports. Yeah. He loves it. He enjoys a team. And building a family is much like building a team. You <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like I'm players. pulling that out of your ass. Yeah, Nobody like, cares about that. How many times have you said that? Through him, Father. in him, with him, mm, in the unity of her asshole. Me, but, you know, yeah. like, it's like, ooh, she hasn't given up her asshole because it's the wedding night. It's wedding. Mm-hmm. Those mm. are the rules. But yeah, and then, so, I mean, and you've been, like, you came and lived with me, and, you know, we went through all that and then like you moved out and I got that weird guy that came and lived with me and then mm-hmm. uh but like dude I mean our journey has just been you know from that time at Shippensburg until like you know you marrying us and then now like 
you'll we can call and talk for you know yeah. hours on the phone and right like, and that's why it made sense like come on the podcast because i mean you're a huge part of of my life and in the history of my life especially you know obviously with all the the viva la bam days and that stuff and then and then i was thinking about like how like you you know you got into stand-up comedy and and you were like doing that stuff and it was like pushing me to be like damn i should film some of this hot dog casserole stuff and like and like he got me wanting to like film again and, and that and like and uh and and you know because for a while after the show i, I was like kind of off of it like like not that i didn't want to do it and and i totally miss it but it was more like i don't know where to go from here and and, right. and life got dark with drinking and, and drugs and all that stuff and and uh and so i had to kind of take care of those things but um but yeah, we did the hot dog thing, and then and then we did borrowed happiness later on, years later after getting sober and doing that, and and you were like a big inspiration for me getting sober um, because I remember like we were like just miserably drinking and doing drugs and shit together, like you know or whatever, smoking weed and that other stuff. But then I, you know, I was doing other things, and um, and then like you kind of like all of a sudden weren't around me as much and I'm going, man, where's Kirk been? You know, and I'm <laughs> yeah. all like, you know, sitting in a pile of my puke and uh, and I was miserable, completely miserable and I'm looking at you and I bumped into you somewhere or somehow we got together and like you were all happy and chipper and funny <laughs> and I'm like, fucking asshole's funny. <laughs> you know, and like, um, and it was, it was difficult for me because I wasn't feeling that way uh, but then I saw you like kind of get life like brought back into you, you know, and, and obviously we partied so hard and you, and you, you know, you got sober and you did all that stuff. And I was like, and I look at that, and I was like, damn, that dude is like funny again. Cause you weren't funny for a little bit. No. Neither was I. No. And like, you and, drowned it. Yeah. And, you literally and, yeah. drowned it. You think you're funny. Yeah. And you killed it, but you're not. Yeah. So then to see like, damn, this dude's actually funny as hell again. Like where, what am I doing? You know? And it was yeah. like, that was what like planted that seed for me to go, damn, like I need to do something about this, you know, and kind of get, get back to being happy and funny and, and enjoying life. And so that's what I did. So I always like, you know, thank you for that because that helped me, kind of see that there was another way to to live and do you remember when you came to me and you were like talking to me about it and i was like and i appreciate all those kind words because i mean for me i was just trying to take care of me right like, right i never right. thought that what i was doing for myself would actually like play out into well it's the attraction not promotion thing. right like you weren't over there like rap now here's what you need to be doing because you're not funny anymore. I know that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Lewis? No, just someone. Oh yeah, funny. yeah. <laughs> I was like, like Lewis is reading the horoscope. Yeah, yeah. My name but, is Lewis. I'm gonna read your horoscope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like that's funny. Sure. So you're like, you know, there was yeah. none of that. You just did your thing, and I noticed, and I'm like, man, and I was this like, guy's... Reb, are you sure you're? you're yeah. Like, yes, dude. A hundred percent I am. And I was yeah. like, I don't know, man. Like, maybe you're not. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was actually trying to tell you. I was well, like, I wasn't like, yes, come on. I was like, right. Dude, make sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, like... a, it's a funny thing that alcoholics do is um, I feel like what we do is like when we're out drinking with and, and doing other things with, with friends around, surround yourself with a bunch of people that drink the way you do. Right. And in your mind, they drink worse than you do. So you go, oh, Kirk's worse than me. And then you go, well, Rab's worse than me. And then, like, Novak's worse than us. So, like, Bam's I'm worse okay than I'm okay because... Well, I'm fine. And yeah. everything's that way. 
And then when you get sober, you go, like, the ego sets in, and you're like, I was the worst drunk there was. Yeah. I was way worse than you. <laughs> I was way worse than you. And yeah. it's like, is that something we want to brag about? I don't know, but we all tend to do it. Right. And go, I don't think you were anywhere near what I was. Right. And we all have that belief. And, and the funny thing is, is because realistically, I feel like we don't truly know what the other person's going through at all. And as alcoholics or as drug addicts or any of those types of folks, like we're good at hiding things. Yeah. So then you manipulate these situations. I put on a fat smile. Everything seems fine. Right. Meanwhile, my mortgage is crashing. I can't afford my house. I have to do this. I'm moving in with my mom. I'm ready to shoot myself in the head and I'm completely miserable and empty inside. But I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. You know, but like uh, all that's going on. And, and it's just funny, though. Like you're like, I'm not as bad as him. And then when you get over, I'm way worse than you right. are. It but, is. It's a flip. But yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing is, is that you... Like, I mean, it's not cliche or whatever, but it's like each person's path is their own path and it doesn't matter. Like some people are like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm full blown alcoholic. Like, and you're like, dude, you're like 15. You yeah, know right, what I mean? Right. You're like, like, you know. And I always like, hate that though, because the old head will be like, I spilled more beer than you even right. drank. And it's like, and shut like, the fuck, the fuck up, do dude. you know, dude. Right. And you're like, it's like, like, you're a fucking accountant. You had a couple beers after work every day and then you're going to judge me. Right. You don't know what the fuck I've done in my life, dude. Right. And, you know? the, and even if you only drank yeah. three times a week, right. if it was enough for you to self-reflect and look at yourself, it's enough for you to self-reflect and look right. at yourself. Yeah. That's all that matters yeah. is that you're there trying to better yourself. Right. You know, and some people, you know, you don't, you can't judge other people's motivations for whatever, yeah. but it's like, but it's on Like I honestly, like, I'd be like, well, dude, I mean, I was pretty bad. And then like, you were like, no, dude. I'm fucking bad. Like, and then you started telling me shit that I had no idea right. you were doing. And well, I was and like, that's the thing. Like, uh, like there's yeah. all this hidden shit. It's like, yeah. you think you know your your close friends, and then I'm like, but Kirk, like, remember I didn't see you for three months? Yeah. I was on tour for three months doing cocaine every yeah. fucking day. I woke up in a parking to, lot. Yeah, like, I mean, in a, yeah, okay. I woke up, woke up <laughs> in a parking lot wrapped in a fucking thing. Yeah. You know, that's another story. Like, there's so many of those. I yeah. woke up in, in a family's home. Yes. Sleeping in the parents' bed, like <laughs> that's the way I drank. That's the way, and, I, yeah. and like I said, just doing coke, trying to get on the radio so I could talk. And everyone's like, "You hated coke." I'm like, "That's what I told you." Right. But that's not what I was doing. Right. Uh, in one breath, I'm like, "This shit's terrible," <laughs> you know. And then like just sniffing it all, and and then taking pills. While I gotta get rid of all. Whenever this. I was drinking, it would be like, "Oh, what's that pill you got? Let me get that. Yeah, Let me get I that. Had no Let idea me get about that." Any and it's like that. any of that. Right. And then I don't even remember. Because I'm blacked out, and then right. I'm like, holy shit, oh yeah, I do remember some Xanax happening, I yeah. do remember ecstasy in the middle of that, and oh, I wow. remember this, like, oh shit. Yeah. Whoa. Well. You know, and that's what it was for me, is that my all bets were off when I drank, and, and uh, there would be pe long periods of time for me drinking, and I remember there, I had shared this story before, but there was a lady that was like managing CKY, and she was like a friend of mine, and I'm like, she's like, dude, Rab, like, it's kind of getting out of hand. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. I'm not hardly drinking at all. And she's like, you drank five days this week. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, that. What? It's not seven. Because, like, two days felt like an eternity. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm fucking good. Yeah. And it's like, but I didn't have a beer five days a week. So right. I blacked out fucking drunk, drugs, whatever, right. five days that right. week. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then as it becomes, then you go, oh, well. 
drinking's getting real hard for me right now, so I'm only gonna black out a few days, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke weed all day and take pills, and then that's cool, right? That fits just so, my drinking, right? Like I'm not that bad, right. right? And then it's like, but then you're like, well, let's go get a beer, and it's like, okay, get a beer turns into like. You're back at home, like scrambling, like, dude. I know that there's there's like a Bartles and James wine cooler in the one bottom <laughs> shelf. Let's grab it, you know. Like, yeah. let's. You think if, you think if I snort it, it'll yeah. get me more fucked up, you know. And that and that's it. And it, but it's funny because when you hang out with a bunch of addicts, alcoholics, everybody's like, oh, you. I didn't think you were that bad. Right. And even some of my friends that are still drinking and doing drugs and and probably alcoholically and addictively, they'll be like. Oh, I didn't even notice. Like, you were that bad? Like, I yeah. didn't notice. It's like, yeah, you didn't notice because then you have to notice. Yeah. Then you have to notice what you you're look at doing. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no one wants to look at yeah, that. Yeah, and that's hard. But, but then, and then it takes some time to, once you stop doing all that crap, to get back to being you again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like with you saying like, oh, I saw this dude and you were like, you know, you were laughing and having fun and you were like funny again. And it's like, and then you stopped and you go through your beginning phases and it's like, and, and then you became you again, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're not, you're like, cause like part of it for me anyway, was like the, well, who am I? I was this funny guy in high school. I did all this stuff. I was always doing stand up for my friends, like, you know, either my own shit or impersonating people or whatever. And then, you know, you just start drinking in high school and then it just progresses. Luckily for me, it stopped. Yeah. Before I killed myself or before I became like successful in 50 and just angry with my entire life, you know? Yeah. And then, um, you're like, well, for, for a brief moment, which was probably a year, but it's like, it feels like a brief moment. I was like, well, who am I? Yeah. Like if that wasn't me, that was like drinking me. And it's like, no dude, that was you. Right. Like, that was you. Like you're still you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now like, like it's even more liberating because I give even less fucks, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, look, I know who I am, you know, like right. I could do my own fucking thing. Like, yeah. And I only wish for anybody that they can just get to the point where you give zero fucks, not to the point where you're walking around looking like a shithead, yeah. but like where you take care of yourself, you have, you're confident in your own abilities and your own lane and yeah. how you, how you live your life. And I think that's kind of what it is. It's not that you don't care. It's that you're confident. Yeah, like like everybody cares a little bit, or else you're a sociopath. Right. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. But but you like are confident in what you're doing, and you're like, dude, I'm back to me. And 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 that was something that was huge that my brother said to me, um, you know, during uh, the crazy days, because Hannah like said something to him and was like, dude, you need to talk to your brother. Like he's like off the rails, you know. And uh, and my brother came to me and was just like, dude, like. I don't get like what's going on, whatever. And, and I like, I had this belief that I wasn't going to be funny or interesting or any of that stuff unless I was drunk and high. Right. And, uh, you know, and obviously I had a friend that like said that to me. And, right. And, uh, and so it was like, well, we thought he was a friend, but, <laughs> but anyway, it, it was like, yeah. oh yeah, look, you're not funny unless come you know, on, you're, come you're on. drunk or right. this and that. And, and you're like, you know, you, you're, you have low self-esteem, so you're thinking, oh, maybe that's the truth, you know? And, and that was something that my brother said to me. It was like, dude, like, I don't know why you're drinking this hard or why you're doing this stuff. Like, you're a funny dude, and you're creative, and you have all these things without any of that. Right. You know that, right? And I, there was, like, this moment of, like, not knowing that. Right. Of not feeling like it wasn't fueled by that. Well, it's the insecurity. Right. 
and uh and, and then that's part of it too when you get sober you're like well there goes my funny yeah. I'm not funny anymore. I'm not going to be interesting. I'm not a good time to be around. <laughs> you know, and like, and that's what happens. I love happens. your first sober voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> same guy that's like, come here, man. This is what you got to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it is like uh, just this weird journey through like that, like like learning who you are again, knowing that you can be that that you are still, you know, uh, crazy in the head and like What's that it? you are funny. You still have a fucked up sense of humor. You still have all those things. It's just getting away from the chemicals and getting to your normal way of living. Cold darling. I was sober. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I had been, yeah. I think I was like a year and a half sober when yeah. Cold darling was born and yeah. we were doing all that. And that actually leads me into this part of my life was when we went to cherry Hill and yeah. did the um, PJ Wheelahan like you were you were doing a bikini <laughs> contest yeah, yeah, yeah. and I dra you were like you gotta dress up as Cole Darling and come with me yeah and I was like alright like alright Rav himself has this name he's been asked to come here but he's asking me to dress up as this dude and I and you know and we had done it a couple times and then I call my buddy who I used to work in production with who's now a Cherry Hill cop yeah and I'm like dude I'm at PJ Wheelahan's in Cherry Hill and he's like oh, I'll be right over and he like pulls up in his cop car and I see them, I see him and like, I look down at my cold darling outfit and then I like look at him in that car and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I was like, I, I think I'm going to try that. Like yeah. what, what he was doing. And I applied to the Academy the next day. Wow. Yeah. That, so that's what it was. That's what it was. Colt Darling is responsible for you being a police yeah. officer. <laughs> it really is. And it's because I was working at Starbucks still. Yeah. I was like looking at this cafe across the street like I could own my own cafe why am I working for fucking Starbucks like I'm a smart enough guy like I have yeah. entrepreneurial well, stuff you're just like, building up your life again through right getting super, super. and dude it was the Starbucks was one of the best things ever too you yeah. know what I mean like I said I wouldn't change like anything really yeah. I mean there's a few things but no but yeah, like really right. like I wouldn't but it was that day like I'd worked for Starbucks for like two and a half years and then I like looked down and I looked at, at John and I was like alright and at that night I put in the application online for the academy, and then I was like three months later, I was in the academy. Oh, I put yeah. myself through the police academy. Damn, that's crazy. While working at Starbucks, and it's nothing against Cole Darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some people, when I tell that story, they're like, "Yeah, but dude, you were like judging a bikini contest, and right, like right, right. Williams was rap himself." And yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, but it wasn't right." There's always that. It was great. I mean, yeah. my bottom, I was covered in naked women with a bunch of drugs, and and they were doing shots off of me, and I was yeah. doing all and that. And that's like, some people's was, pinnacle. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and that was my bottom, dude. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah. Because I'm like. I'm some monkey that people are like, oh, be out here, be rap himself, do these drugs. I'm like, I'm killing myself. For yeah. You guys, I don't even know who the fuck you are. Right. You know, and um, getting hepatitis. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> 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 got a clean bill of health, people. <laughs> Don, uh, that is but, uh, uh, not yeah. actual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, clean bill of health. What it's, what's, what's funny is like, yeah, the Colt Darling thing, and and that you know they became a cop, and and I uh, went on and and you know became a camera guy, and I'm I'm out like working on this commercial, and this guy, uh, this buddy of ours that was a camera guy back in the day with the Viva La Bam stuff comes up, and he's like, Hey man, like, Rab, like how shit, how's it going? He's like, Yo, do I, do I got it right? Do I hear that Bongwater is a cop. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> 
what bog water like that's where i learned that that was your nickname yeah. or something and he's then there's telling there's, there's some story that you showed up and and you had all the shaggy day, hair and the guy two hours like late the director or ad or somebody called you no, it was water. the talent oh oh the talent the host yeah yeah of, we were shooting a wraparounds for a show that was on uh we were shooting like the in and outs of the of the producer on this or of the host on the set for some Food Network show or something. Yeah. Where he's like, and now we're going to go to Georgia where we see, you know, Susan doing this. And yeah, there's yeah. this dude and he thought he was like the shit. And I worked with him a bunch after that and he always thought it was shit. And I'm like, dude, you're a host on a Food Network right, show. Like, yeah, yeah. And you're not even like, they're not taking you on location. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're in this studio. Like, yeah. get off your high horse, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, it was the, I had finished, I quit being a bar manager and I went out the night before I started this new job and got hammered and showed up two hours late with like donuts and coffee like <laughs> when it's supposed to be there at like 5 a.m. Yeah, like I production is not a, a one minute late, let alone two hours. Yeah. You got to be 15, 20 minutes early. Thank God the boss was yeah. my mom's good friend and she gave me like a pass. Like any other any other production <laughs> house, that I would have been in. Yeah, I probably yeah. would have worked that day. They would have probably paid me right then and said, thanks, nice knowing you. Yeah, I had that happen to me before. You know, I showed up late because I worked a 21 hour day and then I had a call time like three hours after that for yeah. this other show and I was like oh, I'll just take a quick nap and I just slept right through and then I got there like an hour late and they like the producer lady was such a bitch the whole day and like I'm like dude just either send me home or stop being a bitch right you know what I mean and then like she just bitchy the whole day and then by the end of it they're like oh I'm sorry we can't bring you back I was supposed to have the job for like six months or something and I was like yeah whatever cool yeah and then it actually worked out in my benefit because I got a lot better job after that right started as is things. life yeah with those things but and then, I mean, and then I did that, you know, but that, yeah, when, when, uh, he walked up to you and said, yeah, yeah well, Bob, did I hear this right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, 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 he's doing well. He's a police officer. And, and, uh, and, and it's funny because I mean, I think during the days of Jackass Viva La Bam, we knew a lot of cops in our area. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have stories where like, you know, I would be like at the lake filming something and I'd have bags of weed and all this shit and like cop would come up and be like oh rap dude come on put that shit away right. you know and like and I'm like damn like you know now that you're above the law but there's this level of like because you're buds with them they like kind of that respect went outside treat you more like you know like oh dickhead just put that away right i can't be seen with you having that right like, i'll get in trouble all right yeah and uh but it was funny so like i had known cops on a different level than just like a, oh they're out to to fuck everybody over right you know and uh and so i had a bunch of friends that were cops and then when you became a cop i was like damn this is like an awesome thing for your life because you know you have your kids and and you needed to like kind of just take that next step into a new direction and and it was really cool. And I mean, you were this hardcore military academy dude that like, <laughs> you know, like would, it was like the leader of the squad or whatever. And you did all that, you know, so that yeah. was, it made sense that you went that direction. Yeah. I had it in, I loved military school. I mean, yeah. I got sent there for partying too much and then right. I fucking loved it like, yeah. and I excelled there. And then, um, you know, Liam was born when I was 20 you know, so yeah. I couldn't really go. I didn't want to go into the military and miss eight years of his life. You know what yeah. I mean? So my life took a, a different path. But then the police thing was always in the back of my mind. I never landed any major, you know, felonies or misdemeanors along the way. So nice. I was, I was <laughs> high fives. I was able to do it. So I put in and I did it. And then uh, 
and now it's just been you know and i still don't think like i'm not like i'm a cop that's like i go i show up to work and i do police work and i'm like i'm i, I know i'm pretty good at it right yeah but i have this other perspective where i can help people and like, the guys i work with and girls are really like fantastic like we don't have i mean we have 140 some people and obviously when you have that many people you're gonna have dickheads it's just right, right, it's right. just population that's Guaranteed. just gonna happen yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a plumber if you're right. in a cubicle if you're whatever if there's 140 people working somewhere you're gonna have one or two dickheads in right. the group you know what i mean yeah. and that's just what it is but i i feel that i can bring a, a different i bring like this different perspective with my life experiences into the job a little more empathy than normal but then i'm human you know there's days where i'm like nah fuck you dude you know like yeah not i'm not going to out of bounds on anything but it's like I'm, i have a little less patience yeah yeah you're you know not what as, I mean? as lenient or whatever and and like i think what's cool about you is you told me like you know when there are people that are breaking the law and doing things like that there's a lot more of like you know educating them on what's happening and what they're doing and kind of like yo you're gonna really screw up your life and maybe you know maybe you could take this moment to see that this is what's happening and, and, and just a little bit of more compassion and talking with somebody right. puts them in a position where they think about that for a second. Even if they don't think about it right then, they might think about it down the line. And instead of like it being like, nope, you're broke the wall, you're an asshole, Get handcuffed, you're going to jail. Cause like, it's like rubbing a dog shit in it, or nose in its shit. Like after a whole day of work, like the dog took the shit in the morning and then you come home and you rub its nose in the shit in the afternoon it's like what the fuck did i do right it's like that mentality of like dude if you just handcuff someone throw them down do this like the person's like not getting it right but then if you like if you talk to them for a moment because a lot of times i think when you're breaking the law or when you're doing illegal things i did a lot of legal things i got arrested a bunch of times and and i think when you're doing that it's like you know, no one's really taking a moment to like see where you're at, like what's right. going on here. Right. You know, and I I get to take that time. I get some if I'm transporting the person, I get that car ride. Yeah. Where I can talk to them, and now my ego is like, you know, I'm dropping all this knowledge on you. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe, but honestly, I just try to be as honest with the person. But don't get me wrong, like, and until you're in the handcuffs. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, I'll I'll protect myself. I, I, you know, but if you're compliant, you know what I mean? Like, but it's like, if we have to, we have to like, but then that's the thing is, is like the job can go literally, literally from zero to 4,000 in the matter of less than a second. Right. Like you're standing there talking to somebody and then the fight's on. Right. Yeah. And now, or they're running or something and you know that they're the bad guy. In yeah. this like quote unquote bad guy but then once they're in handcuffs what a lot of guys have a problem with which i find not to be too difficult is you you got to bring yourself back down yeah so that you're like all right it's over we got them they're in you know what i mean like yeah. now i can start talking now you're we're human beings man like we're all like we're we're on the same team you know what i mean like yeah. we're, we're all human beings in this and now i'm gonna be like what's going on dude like what drugs is this because of drugs is this because like what do you like you need money is this because this is all you know like why you know why are you doing this stuff and sometimes they're dickheads and they just lie to you the whole time and they don't right. do that and sometimes they're human beings back to you yeah. you know what i mean i can't tell you like i don't know how many times i've had people that we're dealing with that are either arrested or you know not arrested but could be arrested or whatever and we're talking to them and they're like 
you're cool, man. Like you're cool. Like, Once the you, trust is there, they'll open up to right, you a little bit. Right, but it's yeah. really hard to get past that uniform and talk to somebody. Like, but yeah. luckily, I can talk to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of taking the time. And sometimes, if if I know I'm not getting anywhere, I don't waste my breath. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if it can be received, and if it's, I've been doing this seven years. If there's one person in that seven years where I said something that helped change them. I'm fine with it. You know yeah. what I mean? I have another 23 years to go or whatever it is, or, you know, yeah. 18 years to go, or whatever. Yeah. If in that time, even if I didn't touch anybody these seven years, if I didn't get through to anybody, if I have 18 more years to get through to one person in my whole career, like to me, it'd be worth it just getting through to one person. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting through, how did you get through uh, the door on some of these? Like, I wanted to hear, like, I wanted to hear. Like, wasn't there some guy with like a trident or something? Like, yes. like what, I wanted to hear some of these crazy stories of like, so if what, you're allowed to talk about it. I can it. talk about it. I just won't say names. Or yeah, yeah, what yeah. we deal with a lot is. Didn't you have to get through, like there was some door that you were outside and some guy had a, I don't know. I want to hear yes. that trident. So, so what we have to deal a lot with is mental health consumers is what we call them. People yeah. with, with like, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So we get called to this nice, quiet, really rich area of town. And I go up to the house and the lady says, um, there was a man on my front lawn yelling into my kitchen window. And it was like five in the morning and saying how, um, some guy Gary owes him $5 million. And if he doesn't get the money, he's going to burn my house down. And I'm <laughs> like, uh, she's like, and my husband's away and I'm just concerned. And she's like, I, think it's the neighbor's kid and i was like okay so we go across the street and i like knock on the door at the neighbor's house and who is it i'm like hey man it's the police we just want to go away and i'm like nah dude we just got to talk to you real quick like were you over at your neighbor's house yeah gary owes me five million dollars and if i don't get that money i'm gonna burn his ass to the ground i'm like well you can't say stuff like that dude just open the door let's talk well, what if i come out there with a baseball bat that's what he goes to that. I'm like, yeah. well, we don't want that. So now we kind of back away from the door a little bit. Yeah. And I like get on, I'm like, call inside. So they, the county calls inside the house and the dad comes down the steps. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. The parents are, I mean, he opens the door. He's like, what's going on? And the kid's like 28, right? Like late twenties. And yeah. that's right around where people break schizophrenic wise is like mid to late twenties is like sometimes early twenties. And, and he, and I say, well, your son, I think was across the street. And he just, he like, drops in like like disbelief and he just goes we just we, I, can't, I can't deal with it anymore and what happened was is like this is a really wealthy family and this kid has never gone he's been going to a psychiatrist and it hasn't been helping and the parents are still dealing with him being like schizophrenic in the house like and he, the kid comes down the steps halfway and he goes I have proof I have proof that you know like he's stolen five million dollars from me and I have it out of my PayPal account and did it and I was like you have five million dollars in your PayPal account <laughs> Damn. I was like where'd you get that money he's like my he is the head of this department at this place you know and he's like naming all this stuff that his dad is and I'm like okay I can see how he would have that money I said but how are you like you know how is he stealing and so logic eludes them when you start right, bringing right, logic right. in so long story short that he he goes upstairs to get this evidence and locks himself in his room right yeah and now he's threatened us with a baseball bat he's threatened that he's been over at the neighbor's house threatened to burn the house down so he is coming with us right he's going to the mental health right part of it right so at this point he's he that's it he's coming with us so now we're outside his room in the house upstairs and the parents are like whatever you got to do right just do whatever you got to do and then he's like 
they can't take me without a warrant. They can't take me without a warrant. So my other buddy goes and grabs a piece of paper. And he's like, I have a warrant right here. I have it right here. And yeah. then he's like, Dad, did they have a warrant? And he goes, yeah, yeah, they have a warrant. He goes, what color is the paper? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. he goes, white. And he goes, that's a lie. Your copy will be pink or yellow. And I was like, oh, shit, he might be right and about yeah, yeah. that. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, god damn, this kid's smart, right? And I was like, oh, all right. And I was like, look, you know, Greg, whatever his name is, I forget. I'm like, you, you got to come out. Like, you got to come out now or we're coming in. And now this is a Monday morning at 5 a.m. after we work three night works in a row of 12-hour shifts. This shit always happens the last hour that you're working after working three 12 hour shifts in a row right yeah. so now we're going into like overtime it's like 7 a.m like the new guys are coming out on the street and we're dealing with this kid and i'm like we're going in to get him right yeah so i have someone around that door i have someone around, i'm at this door and a little rule of thumb for anyone out there if you want to kick a door open don't do it like in the movies where you kick straight ahead and you just do a straight kick at yeah. the thing you want to horse kick that thing Oh, you yeah. want to get behind it and kick backwards because if it doesn't give, you're not breaking your, your leg or your knee. Like you, yeah. you want to horse kick that thing unless you like, you know, bench or you know, uh, squat press 5,000 pounds and you know, you're going to kick through anything. So anyway, we're all standing there. I'm like, all right, you're on gun. You're on taser. You got to be ready just because right. we don't know what's behind that door. Right? right. So we kick the door open and I have my taser out and then the other guys come through the other door and my, the, my one partner next to me, he had his gun out and the kid is standing there. He's got a Leatherman in one hand with the saw and, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. knife open. So yeah, like, I don't yeah, even yeah. think you yeah. could stab anybody <laughs> with that because the round part of the saw. Yeah. And in his other hand, he's holding a fucking trident. <laughs> <laughs> like a full-on fishing, like like Neptune, like trident with with like five-inch barbs. Damn. They got a thing. So now, it it raises to that level of like, okay, technically we could shoot this kid, but then again, we just broke into his room. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. like there's there's a whirlwind of things. So the kid with the gun, I just put my hand out and I stop him and I just go taser, taser. And I hit him with the taser, right? Yeah. And you, your adrenaline's through the roof, right? And the kid's, ah, and he's yeah, on yeah. the ground. Now, the taser ride is five seconds on ours, right? Yeah. So you hit it, you let go. It goes for five seconds no matter what. So he's like, ah, on the ground. And I'm like standing there, and I'm like, man, this is longer than five seconds. And I look, and I'm squeezing the trigger still. Oh, um, and I was like, oh, and I like let go. <laughs> and, and he was like, ah, and he came out of it. And then we didn't know where the trident or the knife was. And yeah. he like started moving again. So I just, boom, I just hit him again. And he's like, ah, okay, okay, okay. I give up. I give up. Okay, okay. I give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, uh, tase me, bro. yeah, he basically he's like, dude, and I've been tased and yeah, I yeah, felt right, it, right. you know, it's, it's yeah. no joke. And, um, it, he like that, he snapped out of it. He like snapped his whole like little break that he was having with the five million dollars and all that stuff. He yeah. snapped out of it like that, and I was like, "Wow, electroshock therapy actually works, right?" <laughs> yeah. And he stands up, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, Gary, you, you all right, bud? Like, you cool? Because he's in handcuffs now. We have the stuff. One probe hit him right above the belly button. The other one hit him right in the dick. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, like right in oh, the. Oh man! But it didn't hit like. <laughs> It didn't like go into, it just hit him yeah. in the fly area and stuck in his jeans. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But the arc went into his 
you know, and then oh, there, man. and it's like, hey, man, it's a dynamic situation. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. perfect. None of yeah. it's perfect. Don't get shot in the dick with a taser. Try not to get shot in the dick with a taser. <laughs> but then, you know, and he goes, ah, oh, I'm really sorry, guys. He's like immediately remorseful. And he goes, I should have respected the badge. <laughs> he goes, that's awesome. And I should have respected the taser. <laughs> <laughs> this is like deep thoughts, like yeah. reflection immediately. Yeah. And then we just took him off to the thing, got him the help that he needed. And then he's, you know, they agreed to take him to another facility. And I haven't, we haven't had a dealing with that kid since, you know, but oh, it's dude, like, that's hilarious. A trident. Yeah. You know? Coming out with a trident. Should have yeah. respected the badge. Yeah. And well, we respected the trident and that's yeah. why we had to tase you. That's why we had to tase you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny, man. Um, no, I was thinking, man, it's been awesome having you out and, and talking and, and, uh, we could go on for days just talking about funny stuff, police stories, old stories, all that stuff. Uh, I'm just thinking we need to get the band back together. We do. Uh, get Colt Darling band back together. I'll tell together. you what right now, I'll put it. <laughs> What, what should I set the limit at for Twitter followers? Because <laughs> yeah, it's going to explode. <laughs> no, if I say, if you go to at Cold Darling on Twitter, oh, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And we hit, what, 500? If I say yeah. we get 500, should I say 1,000? 500, 500 to start? Followers. 500 will we'll make a new song. Yeah, okay. All right. That sounds good. And then and then it, every every incremental after that, we'll set it up. But, I mean, I've written the songs. They're there. Yeah, they're there. I mean, they're in the soul and heart of it yeah. all. Oh, uh, man. So that's to... awesome. Okay, at Colt Darling. Twitter at Colt Darling. Give us 500 followers, and we'll make a new Colt Darling song. Uh, I'm going to put a bunch of the old songs up on YouTube, and uh, and then we'll... Uh, well, yeah, we'll put this this episode up on YouTube as well. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Chris Rab. Follow us on Instagram at Rab underscore himself. Also at Bathroom Break Podcast. On YouTube, Rab himself videos. Uh, we'll have a bunch of videos. We'll have all the podcasts. We're on SoundCloud as well. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just been fun fun talking with you. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Absolutely. Love you, man. I love you, boy. Yeah. All right. Later. See ya. I'm gonna butter my thumb. Gonna butter my thumb. Butter my thumb. Gonna butter my thumb. Butter my thumb. Yeah, I'm gonna butter my thumb. I'll butter my thumb. And my other one. Gonna, gonna butter my thumb.
Just right With some butter 